Hello and welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner with Karen Sharp Price. This podcast will inform and inspire you in your quest to find the right career path. If you're just starting out, looking to make a change in your field or transitioning into a new career, then this podcast is for you. We'll be sharing tips and providing resources on topics such as writing resumes, interviewing, using LinkedIn, and networking. We will take a look at different careers, companies, and opportunities. You will hear success stories from professionals in all career paths, and so much more. You will leave this podcast with three key takeaways that you can easily put into practice. Enjoy! Welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner. I'm Karen Sharp-Price. Today, we are going to talk to David Weiner about retiring from the Army and getting back into the civilian workforce and how that transition worked for him. Hi, David. So happy that you could be on the podcast today. Morning, Karen. Thank you so much for uh, the invitation. And it's my pleasure to uh, be part of this uh, podcast. Thank you. So so let's, you know, let's start talking about when you began and kind of start there and we'll work our way forward to where you are today. But what's interesting is, is that you graduated from Canisius College with an accounting degree. At that time, what were you hoping to do with the accounting degree? Well, Karen, I have to uh, go a little back in time to my uh, kind of generational period. You know, when I was growing up, uh, typically, you always followed in the footsteps of your father and the career that, uh, that he had chosen. He was an accountant with a laundry firm back in the Catskills where I grew up. He had worked for the same company for 37 years as an accountant. So the footsteps that typically you took back then, your education and your career kind of mirrored, you know, what your father did at that time. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it was always kind of instilled with me when I was in high school to pursue uh, an accounting degree and become an accountant eventually. When I did uh, graduate, you know, initially I had goals of pursuing to become a certified professional accountant, a CPA. Okay. But after, I think after my first job as an internal auditor with Greenman Midland Bank, which eventually became HSBC, I kind of lost interest in the career field. I kind of switched career paths at that time. So that was the initial journey, you know, just trying to follow my father's footsteps and and pursue a a, a degree in his career field. You know, it's it's interesting because the generations, there's so many of them right now out there, out in the workforce. But for the groups that our parents, our grandparents, they they didn't have as many choices as kids do today. And in some ways, I think that, that it's actually easier because when you got to college and you had to figure out what you want to do, you had maybe one or two and, and then you chose and then that's the route that you went. And nowadays, there's just so many things and not only what's out there, but whatever is in your imagination, you can pretty much create your own path. And so I think that that's why nowadays kids have such a hard time trying to figure out what they want to do because 
because they start looking at and watching even YouTube videos of people doing different things, thinking, oh, I could do that someday. And it makes it really difficult. So so during your path, some of the industries that you worked in, you were in banking and, and IT. What At what point were you thinking about the Army Reserves? Where did that fall into to your career path? Well, I think looking back, Karen, the big spikes of when individuals have enlisted into the armed forces, anything after the Vietnam War, um, I think it's like kind of a call to patriotic duty. That time when I did enlist in 91, we were in the midst of Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Enduring Freedom. So that was kind of a big impetus for me at that point, you know, and I came in late into the Army. I was already 30 years old uh, with post-college seven years. Uh, But I was looking at that point in time, obviously, it was a call to duty. I didn't want to do the Army full-time. I joined mostly to have a supplemental paycheck to serve the country. Mm -hmm. Also, the big draw at that point in time was was the student loan repayment program mm-hmm. that the Army had. And of course, I had a lot of debt, yeah. uh, college uh, loans from from Canisius. So that was, you know, a good incentive at that point uh, uh, to join. And uh, my initial intentions were only to stay in, you know, for that, you know, that six-year period and then go into an inactive status for the last two years. But here we are, you know, 30 years later, you know, retiring out. But I, I just really enjoyed the camaraderie, the esprit de corps, the, the teamwork that you kind of found in the Army. And then obviously that eventually led me to going on active duty in 2005. Did you know people, you know, when you were in college or with somebody in your family in it, just to have the idea, because it sounds like it was maybe there all the time, but then at 30, you decided that that was time to, to jump in. Was there some influence? Well, I always considered, you know, the ROTC program when I was in college, but I ended up actually rowing for, oh. uh, for Canisius College, and that kind of sidetracked me from maybe pursuing, you know, the ROTC program. And like I said, it wasn't until, you know, seven years after I had uh, actually graduated from college uh, that I did end up in, uh, enlisting. So I was always surrounded. I, I knew a number of, of students at niches that were in the ROTC program and who had subsequently had a very long tenured uh, service, uh, hmm. whether it was the Marine Corps or the Navy, but I, I kind of sat out on the sideline, you know, kind of waiting for the right, for the right time. And like I said, during you know that year, uh, we were in the midst of a conflict in 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 Iraq. And during those two campaigns, I I know, basically, once I had completed um, you know basic training in AIT at Fort Jackson, a lot of those soldiers that I went to basic training with were already on their way to Iraq. You know? Oh wow. But it wasn't my calling because of my my occupation in the in the army. Huh. Uh, it was more it was along the lines of uh, human resources admin. So let's talk about your career in the army. So what did you do after you began that process? What was those 30 years? What did you do in the army? 
Karen, I originally had enlisted um, uh, because I, I had a degree uh, that bumped me up in rank as soon as I enlisted into the Army. So I came in um, as an E-4. I progressed over the years, and especially when I uh, switched my MOS to retention and transition, there was it was kind of top heavy, you know, senior enlisted. So that definitely gave me an advantage of getting promoted fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. And I spent, you know, two thirds of my military career reserve and active duty in retention and recruiting, which primarily were in the ranks of Sergeant First Class, you know, through Sergeant Major E7 through E9. So I did all the right things over the years. I was always where I was supposed to be, when I was supposed to be. Um, I always completed all my Army education requirements. And uh, I got promoted to my last rank back in uh, 2012, which is the rank that I held until I retired. What is that process? At at what point do you get to decide that it's time for your retirement? Do they tell you or do you tell them? (laughs) Well, I'm in a unique situation because, like I said, when I came in at 30, I I was fortunately able to stay right up to basically the mandatory retirement age of 60. And as it turned out, uh, that was a blessing in disguise because if I had retired, you know, a year earlier in 2020, that would have been right around the time of the start of the COVID-19, you know, pandemic. Yeah. So I was very fortunate that the, you know, the army allowed me to stay kind of right to the, you know, bitter end, you know. Right, right. Wow. Okay. So we're going to take a little break right now and and try to get to know you a little bit better, a little bit faster. I'm going to ask you 10 questions and you just respond with whatever pops into your head. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Fire away. (laughs) So virtual or in person, which do you prefer? In person, Karen. Okay. Social media of choice. Uh, Facebook. Okay. A hobby or interest that you have outside of your career. Crossword puzzles. Ah. Jumble. Um, Jumble. Jumble. (laughs) Um, Books or music? Music. Favorite place that you've traveled to? Sedona, Arizona. Phone call or email? Phone call. Favorite food? Uh, Seafood. Ah, And your favorite restaurant? Left Bank. What is the one thing that you have learned while being in the Army that will stick with you forever? Integrity aspect, you know, the camaraderie, the esprit de corps, the teamwork that's fostered in the Army. I I would say uh, those are uh, probably the top four that would uh, stick with me for the rest of my life. Okay. And I think I know this answer, but morning or night person? morning (laughs) emphatically (laughs) all right well thanks thanks for playing along now we're going to return to our regular questions so this past year you you decided to retire from the army what was going through your mind about life after retirement were you thinking all right you know i've put my 30 years in i just want to sit back and retire or Was there this feeling that you wanted to still contribute? So what was going through your mind as you navigated all of that? Karen, uh, there was definitely some, you know, anxiety because I was out of the 
civilian sector for such a long period of time, the whole jobs process had definitely changed dramatically. But I think that the biggest reason was I still definitely wanted to work. I think the main goal was to try to fund my my three sons education because I, I really strongly feel that uh, uh, they shouldn't have any debt once they've completed their education. And uh, I, I think that was a big driving force of continuing to work post-Army, uh, for sure. So how did you figure out, I mean, because 30 years is, is a long time, how did you figure out what you exactly wanted to pursue on the other side? What were some of the things going through your mind at that time? Well, since I had basically served, you know, in the retention and recruiting field for, uh, you know, two thirds of my army career, I felt I would be a great fit, you know, for a sales or marketing position because technically the MOS that I held and, you know, for those 20 some odd years, basically we're you know, the sales force for the army from a retention and recruiting standpoint, I, I felt that I would be a good fit for an organization, you know, in a sales marketing capacity, because I, I really felt that was my uh, strong suit. Okay. So what are some of the things that you did prior to officially retiring to prepare yourself for that transition? Or did you wait and then start the process? Karen, I was very fortunate. The Army basically provided me with a six-month period, which started in the fall of uh, 2020, to basically, you know, transition from Army to uh, to a civilian career. Uh, the Army does a really fantastic job. Uh, they have an official program that's called the SFL TAP, which is Soldier for Life Transition Assistance Program. And basically, they have formalized classes that uh, basically guide you through the process. They start off with basically a finance class, uh, so you know how to uh, properly budget your finances post-Army. Another big segment of it is a Department of Labor class uh, that's uh, two days in duration, basically where they take your skill sets in the army, they, they do this, what they refer to as an MOS conversion that, that basically takes your uh, skill sets in the army and converts it to most appropriate career fields in the civilian sector. During this SFL TAP process, uh, like I said, which, which started actually last uh, summer of 2020, uh, it gave me a great opportunity to also uh, network with some other senior enlisted personnel that were also retiring. So it was a great networking program. But uh, overall, uh, it really, really helped me since things have so drastically changed. It definitely helped me with my transition. And I'm very thankful that I was afforded that opportunity, you know, to take advantage of of this army program. So is that program available for anyone that's retiring out? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, basically, uh, even if you've only served three or four or five years on active duty, this this transition assistance program is also available. And it's, it's basically uh, mandatory, okay. required that you have to start the process out, you know, a year from when you're transitioning out of the army. 
Okay. I would think that when you decide to retire, not knowing where to begin is probably the hardest part. You know, there's so many moving parts to this process that I think that's great that they afford you that opportunity. When you're looking back at what you did, what do you think were the steps that worked and what obstacles do you think that you found along the way? And and then how did you navigate all of that afterwards? The biggest obstacle was COVID-19, the shrinking uh, drug market and uh, the, the shrinking of available positions to apply for. Uh, but like I had mentioned earlier, uh, I was very fortunate that I did stay on active duty until 2021 rode out the storm pretty much. I think another another obstacle was the reception that I would get from a potential employer after being in the army for so long. And uh, one of the things I tried to do was to try to cut down on the army lingo. You know, when I was speaking with prospective employers, you know, cutting down on the acronyms and, and all that language, you know, that's hard to do, though, because, I mean, it, for being in there for 30 years, it's a part of you. I mean, it just kind of flows out. You're not really thinking about how you're saying yeah. something. It's just, it's you. It's you. So that, that has to be very difficult to, to try to figure out what their lingo is. And not only that, just think about it, the whole millennial thing. So you don't just have the lingo of the workforce, but now you've got a lingo of a different generation. And the way that they communicate. When I asked you questions about in-person and, and virtual and phone call and email, those sometimes are generational things because I know with my own kids, they do not talk on the phone with their friends. It's only texting. Just to add on to more obstacles that you had to face, what kept you focused? Was it was it this training from the army that, that kept you on target of what you were going to do? Because, you know, you were in the middle of a pandemic. You were retiring out after 30 years. You were entering into a new world of, of how things happen. None of that deterred you. You, you were very strong in knowing what you were going to go for, and you kept doing it. You know, because I think a lot of people listening right now, they could use that help, whether they're, they were retiring out or not from the Army, people who are transitioning into a new career or into just a new job, when you send your applications out and you don't hear a word, when you send out a number of them and you get no reply back, that's hitting everybody. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. How, do you, how did you deal with that? How did you cope with all of that? I think it had uh, mostly to do with the discipline to keep after it also remaining very persistent, setting daily goals. Like for instance, I, you know, I want to make contact with X number of employers today. And I, I wouldn't close out the day and, until I did that. Uh, I think the strong work ethic and just the staying focused and uh, remaining resilient too, you know, which is a big thing that I kind of learned in the army, just that resilience factor and also being kind of what I call mentally agile to be able to navigate. But I, I think mostly, you know, just discipline and, and being persistent. 
and also, you know, knowing that um, <laughs> there's a lot of other individuals counting on me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that does help. <laughs> that helps motivate you. At the end of, of the podcast, um, I asked my guests to give three pieces of advice. What advice would you give those that are that are about to retire out of the armed forces that are still interested in contributing to society in a career? What what would you tell them that you've learned through that process that might help them? I would say uh, the, the the biggest aspect, Karen, is I would say network, 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 and it, it was kind of unique that even for the organization, the Army organization. During that SFL TAP process, during those Department of Labor uh, classes that I had, the facilitator, it was amazing how it seemed like every uh, half hour, hour, th- that word would come out of her mouth. And, you know, networking, 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 not as much what you know, but who you know. Yep. So I had to establish that, that network, uh, which was tough because, you know, after being out of the civilian sector for so many years, that was a kind of difficult process to have to try to develop that that network again, you know, mm-hmm. because some of the individuals that I worked with, it was so long, so much time had transpired from my last contact with them. So I had started with with some of those senior enlisted that went through the, the SFL TAP program with me at that time, which was very helpful too communicating and networking with two senior enlisted, you know, that was, that worked out real well. I would say, secondly, is start early and often. Start the process as soon as, you know, as soon as you can start it. And like I said, I was very fortunate to be able to start that process six to nine months from when I actually came off of active duty and then subsequently retired. I would say another uh, suggestion recommendation is also is to make sure that you convert your army skill set to civilian skill set. Try to take take all your your accomplishments and every all your experiences from the military uh-huh. and, and and convert that over so you have a really good idea of the uh, industries that that you should pursue. Okay. Now, you started early on before you you really needed to, but from the time that you officially retired, how long did it take you to find your current position? Five weeks. <laughs> so that's that's amazing. So a lot of a lot of people out there might think, you know, that this might have taken you six months to a year to to have achieved what you did. But I think that that advice that you just gave, to network, 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 and then to start as early as you can actually helped you in that process because you were already running before the clock started. And then when you really did start focusing those five weeks, you were able to find something and find something that you really love to do now. Like it's this is something that you really enjoy doing, which I think is the most important thing of, of all of this is to find something, not just a job, not just a, a career that you know you want to finish out your career with, but something that you just really thoroughly enjoy because that helps you on Sunday nights when you're thinking about you know the start of Mondays. And 
during the week keeps you going, it keeps you excited about what you're doing. So I'm, I'm thrilled that you were able to find something that you absolutely, you know, love to do and that you were able to achieve that in, in record, I mean, honestly, in record time. We were, we're still in the pandemic, but you were still really in the thick of the pandemic when you were able to do that. So that is a huge, huge achievement. And I hope that you understand that, what you achieved, because that's, that's amazing. There are people out there that have been laid off since the beginning of the pandemic and are still laid off. So I'm hoping that maybe, you know, what you have just shared with us will help them to just stay on course. I mean, that's, that's the big thing is stay on course, keep networking, keep having those conversations, join some groups that can help, not just with opening up some doors, but people who are out there doing what you're doing understand the obstacles that you're facing and can have those conversations with you. And I think that also helps you feel better through that process as well, knowing that you aren't the only one out there, you know, that's facing all these things. I'm thrilled that it, that it all worked out for you. Thank you so much for spending time today on Sharp HR Career Corner. Um, I love to hear your story. I know that there's a lot of people out there that are retiring out of the military and they have to go through that process. And I think it's important for them to hear how someone did the work, just currently went through the process, and it all worked out for you. So I think that that's a great story for for others to to hear about. So thank you for, for being on today. Thank you, Karen. I appreciate the invitation, and I really enjoyed this segment of, of sharing my experience with other, you know, individuals that might be in the same boat. Yeah, yeah, there there are. And, you know, I think one of the things that it's important is, you know, you're not alone. There's other people that have been out there that have done it and done it successfully. And I think that that helps, uh, um, helps greatly. So th- thank you everyone for listening to Sharp HR Career Corner. If you're looking to make a change in your career, but you aren't sure where to start, contact Sharp Human Resources. We'd love to help you out. We can make the process a smooth transition for you. Go to Sharp Human Resources dash buffalo.com for more information. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, I encourage you to download the podcast, leave a comment and share with others you know. The more downloads and comments and likes our podcast receives, the better our ratings and the easier we can be found. So thank you in advance. Until next time, be kind everyone. We need to show a lot more kindness in the world and it starts with you and I. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.